I know, wow, any jiggery pokery or argle bark. Wednesday? Only Wednesday. Oy, what do you mean? It feels like it's barely Wednesday and nobody had to work on Monday. Yeah. Should feel like Tuesday for most people. Nah. Not for us, though. The only thing worse than a Monday is a Monday on a Tuesday. <laughs> That's the only thing I worse than so, a Monday. I don't think so, because the next day is hump day. No. You got Monday, then you got hump day. You so skip thankfully, a whole day. Thankfully, I don't have to deal with this anymore, you yeah. know, now that I'm not working. But I can remember every Tuesday after a long weekend... My, that was the worst. Right, because you're it having was, to basically compensate an extra day's yes, worth of work. Yeah. Yes. I, get it. I would have just rather come in on Monday <laughs> and equally divided my work week up among the five days like I typically do than cramming all of Monday into Tuesday cram plus all of Tuesday. Cram it all in. Yep. Cram it. Yep. Oh, man. Well, coming up on today's show, we have got Is Spying a Sin? Accidental inventions that change the world, and we're gonna play Onion, Not Onion. Woohoo! But first, it's October 10th, and we've got quite a few holidays to celebrate today, don't we, Mo? We do. There are quite a few holidays. Um, kick it off, we have Emergency Nurses Day. So I guess these are your nurses in the ER. ER nurses. Uh-huh. Gosh, wanna... that's gotta be a stressful job. You know it. <laughs> we wanna we wanna recognize those fine men and women. Who keep us all alive. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, today is also National Hug a Drummer Day. Well, it's not national. It could be it's worldwide. Just, but it's just Hug a Drummer Day. Hug a Drummer Day. I don't I don't know. Really, it could just be within our state. But whatever. Um, <laughs> you know, we need to hug those drummers. They have so much pent-up aggression and anger. That's why they're beaten on their... That's why they got to hide them behind those plastic cages. You know? <laughs> they just allow them to get some of that aggression out by beating them, on their drums. Let them know that they're loved. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so hug a drummer day. Right. We also have... I'm going to smash these next two together. Smash them. It's National Angel Food Cake Day as well as National Cake Decorating Day. So would this be a cake smash? It's a cake smash. <laughs> Uh, that was not funny. Sure. <sighs> That's what you did to me I on love, Monday. I love angel food cake. With jingle. That was With not jingle. funny. That wasn't <sighs> funny. What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> um, but here's the thing. I feel like with angel food cake, so angel food cake is not quite as dense as other cake. You know, it's yeah. more li- light and fluffy. So you don't typically see angel food cake decorated. No, yeah, because it doesn't it, really hold up. Yeah, yeah, it has the Cool Whip or whipped cream right, and, and strawberries or light. fruit yeah. or yeah. Yeah, yeah. So so decorating, you need that dense sheet mm-hmm. cake type stuff. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So if you're gonna make an angel food cake, fondant. don't decorate it. And if you want to decorate a cake, don't do angel food. Have cake. you ever made a cake with fondant? Uh, yes. Yeah. When we were in Italy for one of the boys birthdays yeah. and it was a bust <laughs> i will never ever ever do fondant that's all i again. that's all i see on like the cake decorating challenges yeah. or whatever is it doesn't even coming. taste good no no that's always been my question does it taste like icing or whatever or it's very it... gummy really that's weird 
So, yeah. So weird texture and uh-huh. weird flavor. Yep. I don't yeah, like keep it Keep your all. fondant. Yep. You can have it. I don't want it. Today <laughs> is National Handbag Day. Mm, How many handbags you got, Matt? I have no handbags. No handbags? I have a clutch. But yep. no. <laughs> <laughs> no. You got a fanny pack. No, I have but a fanny not pack. A... <laughs> um, today is also, I feel like I say this with everything. Today is also. Today is also. Today is also. Today is. Today also is. Today, October 10th is also <laughs> national stop bullying day quit bullying Mimo. well you know matt you're just such an easy target <laughs> I, I can't help it no but i remember last year i i don't think that this has been a big thing for many years i remember last year being the first year that i heard of it yeah national stop bullying day and we all wore orange district-wide all the teachers Everybody who was an employee with the schools wore orange. Are you sure it's was... this specific one? Because yeah. I feel like there's three or four bully-esque holidays. I'm like 99% sure that it was this one because it was orange. I didn't get the email to wear orange. And so when I got to work and everybody was wearing orange, I kind of thought, okay, well, it has to do with October or something. You know, orange is the color of October. Okay, so I looked it up. National October is National Bullying Prevention Month. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it does say we're orange as a message of hope and support. Yeah. Um, weird. Okay. Yeah. So this is the specific day of Stop Bullying. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's even a government website, stopbullying.gov. Yeah, I No, okay. To... Hold on. No, oh, I might huh? be wrong. What? Unless there's just multiple days this week and you're supposed to wear orange to all of them. Because what I got is Unity Day. Planning out your own bullying prevention event with Unity Day, which isn't until October 19th. Hmm. It says wear orange on Unity Day. Hmm. Hmm. I think orange is just the overall Hmm. color of... Of the the like, anti-bullying campaigns? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So maybe all these days wear orange. Yep. So wear orange today. But at the same time, it's National Tuxedo Day, so go find yourself an orange tuxedo. Hey, and they really... had one in Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, you know. <laughs> had a nifty hat with it's, it, too. They're out there. Go find one. <laughs> uh, our show today is brought to you by the ebook Easy Church Holiday Plays, written and compiled by Joshua Powell. Three Christmas plays and one Easter play designed to be the length of an average Sunday morning worship service at a church. Let me tell you about one of them. One of them is called The Best Christmas Play Ever. Ever. Pastor Joe, the pastor of... Country Corner Church has put together a Christmas program at his church every year since he's been there. However, he finds himself falling behind in writing and planning for this year's play. While scrambling to throw a major production together, he's reminded by an elderly member of his congregation that the actual celebration of the holiday is much more important than a big production. This play has humor and heart, and now is the perfect time to get this Mm -hmm. and three more amazing plays and prepare yourself for Christmas. And amazingly, the cost of this ebook is just four ninety nine. Four ninety nine, Mo. Yeah, that's awesome. Four ninety nine. You're not gonna find it cheaper anywhere. For yeah. you're gonna find a better deal on one Christmas play. Right. Anywhere, let alone four plays, three Christmas and one Easter. Get it online at Barnes and Noble. 
Apple Bookstore or smashwords.com or visit backrowradio.com. You'll find our link to Easy Church Holiday Plays. You can also search for it on Facebook. Nice. Mo, it is time to play my favorite new game. Oh, gosh. Which you don't have in your script. I, I don't. Because you're the one that's going to play. Yep. It's time for Onion, Not Onion. I feel like we need some theme music for this. <laughs> I don't know what it would be. Oh, gosh. Pew. Onions. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what we got. Here's how it works. I'm going to read you two weird headlines. Got it. One of them is real. Mm-hmm. One of them is from The Onion. Okay. Your job is to tell me which story is the real story, and then I will read you said news story. Okay. Easy enough? Easy enough. Easy peasy lemon squeezy? Got it. All right. So here we go. First two headlines. Okay. University replaces clapping with jazz hands over fears noise could trigger anxiety among students. Or report... It's not okay to just start talking to people you don't know. I'm okay. So, I, am I telling you the onion? You're telling, you're telling me which one is real. Which one is real? Uh, jazz hands. Jazz hands. Real. You think that's the real one? Yeah. You're correct. Clapping has been replaced with jazz hands at a student union amid amid fears that the noise of applause could trigger anxiety among some students. Mo's so just, Mo just doing jazz hands at me right now. This is actually in American Sign Language. This is is the sign for applause. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I, we'll talk about yep. that. Yeah, in oh, here. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. It's, well, it's actually in British Sign Language, not American Sign Language. But mm, I think it okay. is American Sign Language. I'm I'm dead serious. Well, you Google it while I read the story, okay. and we'll find out. All right. Who's right? Who's wrong? Whooping is also discouraged at Manchester. Whooping, whoop, 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 whoop. is also discouraged at Manchester University. Okay, well maybe it just says British Sign Language because this is in Britain. So you might be right. Let's, we'll just put it. We'll just say you're right. Don't even Google. <laughs> Manchester okay. University Student Union events on basis that the loud noise may be a problem for those with sensory issues. So the use of jazz hands, where students wave their hands in the air, is the British Sign Language expression for applause and is deemed a more inclusive gesture. More inclusive mm-hmm. gesture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the student union's first union meeting of the year, Manchester's liberta- or no, a liberation, liberation, yeah, an access officer, liberation and access officer. That's a whole title. Sorry. <laughs> Manchester's liberation and access officer, Sarah Khan, argued that the traditional applause was not sufficiently accessible to all students. Student Union resolved to swap out audible clapping in favor of jazz hands and to encourage student groups and societies to do the same. The union also plans to make uh, the uh, British Sign Language clapping part of inclusion training for new students. The motion, which was passed by the Student Senate with little opposition, notes that loud noises, including whooping and traditional applause, can pose an issue for students with disabilities such as anxiety or sensory issues. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I just, I mean, I get that, I get that there are people that have anxiety and sensory issues. But the percentage of them 
compared to the percentage of people who have been clapping their entire lives for everything that they've ever gotten excited about. Or whooping. Whoop! whoop. I, get, whoop, whoop. I understand whooping. Whooping's annoying. Oh, I'd love to but, whoop. <laughs> there's a time and a place, I guess, for whooping. Not always. But anyway. But well, I'm clapping. not going to do it at a wedding. But... Well, I feel like you would, Mo. Or at a funeral. I feel like you do it at a wedding. Whoop, whoop! <laughs> you in heaven, yo! Whoop, whoop! <laughs> <laughs> we come today to lay to rest the body of Bill Finkelstein. Whoop, whoop! <laughs> My boy's in heaven! <laughs> I totally would. Please quiet, I would. Please quiet down, Mo. I'm not going to tell you again. I would do it. Sorry. <laughs> but I just, I don't know. I feel like this is this is too far. I, You know, and you? I, am, I am on the fence, Matt, because yeah. I am in full agreement with you. Like, I feel like, okay, I feel like there is, we are now isolating this, and people are going to laugh at me. <laughs> Whatever. We are now isolating, you know, this is all to be more inclusive. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I get that. Because I understand that there are yeah. people who loud noises and whatever, it sends them off. I want to be sensitive to that. I want to be understanding of that. You know, we now know better, so we do better. I get it. But then there is this just innate natural instinct within so many other people. And truthfully, I feel like within a large population of the world that when something good happens we want to celebrate yeah, it you celebrate it and celebration is noise uh-huh and now we are stifling that and suppressing it and pushing it down to where celebration is now just becoming movement of the hands and i just right. don't that's not inclusive to me right and at the same time think about um like a play where you're up there acting and a scene ends and what you need to hear uh-huh, is clapping. Absolutely. If you do not hear clapping, even if you're seeing a hundred thousand people waving their hands back and forth, if you're not hearing some audible recognition of what you're doing, that this is great and we like this, it's going to kill your self-esteem and doing that rest of that play. Sure. So, I mean, we need, we need to respond with celebration, with loud noise, with joyful noise yeah. in a lot of situations. And I know a handful of people that struggle deeply with anxiety issues. Mm-hmm. I've never heard a single one of them ever say that clapping is one of the things that bugs them. Yeah. See, and I don't know that anxiety is really... I'm, I don't know. I struggle with anxiety. Right. And I've noticed it more and more and more over the last several months to the point to where I have trouble breathing in some situations and I can just feel my heart going faster. Noise isn't one of those things. That doesn't mean that some people don't sure. struggle with uh, it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm positive there are people. However, I think it's leaning more towards the sensory thing. You yeah. know, there no, that, are, that makes more sense. There are people who, in sensory issues, even Canon is very sensory driven um he's not on the spectrum he does not have autism however loud noises do send him kind of over the edge Hmm. but at the same time i've been able to teach him and i'm not saying that this is right or wrong or 
everybody should be able to, but I've been able to teach him to really rein in his emotions and say, and at least communicate with me as mom when I'm there, mom, I'm feeling a bit anxious. I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm feeling crazy, you know? Right. And when we're in, like when we go to the zoo or when we go to see a movie and it's just too loud for him, he just kind of looks at me and in that moment I know, okay, and I'll help him whether it's just putting my arm around him or comforting him, holding his hand. Any amount of comfort brings that anxiety and that level down. I feel like the answer to this, especially since it would be such a small percentage, because it's not like. A quarter of the students have sensory problems. I feel like the answer to this would be, number one, people who have these kind of issues are aware that they have them. And they typically know how to deal with them. Mm -hmm. They've learned how to deal with them. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming most people who have sensory problems, if they're being overwhelmed, would leave. Yeah. And or do whatever they need to do to calm down. Just like you said. You know, find some way to comfort yourself and get over it. But they know that that's something that they have to deal with. Mm -hmm. And most people that I've met that have some sort of disability or an issue like that don't like to be coddled. Yeah. Don't like to be treated weirdly. I would say that it would be more appropriate to have certain events at this at the student union or at this college campus that were specifically keeping that in mind. Yeah. Like we're going to have this event and it's going to be a. BSL event where there will be no clapping. Mm-hmm. But to just across the board say no camp no no clapping anymore on this campus mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. I just feel like it's too far. So and I agree. Yeah. I agree 100%. Um there I've got two things and I'm going to be really quick about it. Okay. Um my only thought is taking into consideration <clears throat> my friends and family who have spectrum children um sure and thinking about graduation you know graduation day high school graduation or even kindergarten graduation or yeah. whatever you know and hearing the clapping and the excitement from the crowd i would never want for my child to be isolated or something to send them off into sure. you know and so in that aspect, I can see, I can understand why people feel like it's a necessity, why people are going forward with this. Yeah. Okay. Um, and in situations like that, I fully support it. Yeah. That's a big thing that everybody is a part of that you don't want to leave anybody out. Right. But if we're talking about like poetry slam night at, you know, yeah, the, the quad. Coffee. Yeah. <laughs> what are we? Just, yeah. Mm. Yeah. But go ahead. So there's a television show well a netflix show a netflix original whatever it's called atypical and it's about a high school student who is autistic mm-hmm. and um he ends up dating he gets a girlfriend ends up dating and he goes to prom but he doesn't want to go to prom because he knows that in those situations he feels awkward and it sends him into kind of triggers him yeah Okay, Um, the loud noises, the people dancing, people close to each other, people bumping into each other. These are all things that trigger him in his autism. Okay, so his girlfriend, who is not autistic, but his girlfriend decides to propose this idea to the the parents, the essentially the PTA or whatever, um, to have a silent night prom. And so what that does is everybody is given headphones and that's, yeah, that's a fantastic uh-huh. idea all around. And the music for the night is streamed into these headphones. 
And so it's not blaring, overwhelming, loud music. Everybody has their own control over how loud the music is going to Mm be. And as I was watching this episode, and of course, parents are, there are some parents who are all for it in the episode and Mm -hmm. some parents who are like, well, why does my child who's not autistic have to be punished because this person and, you know, but to sit back and go, you know what, this is a real solution that is inclusive to everyone. Yeah. You know, that that could really solve a quote unquote problem, mm-hmm. you know, um, and th- that would help others to understand the struggle that the teen is going through, that the autistic teen yeah. is going through, you know, mm-hmm. and make them more knowledgeable, more caring, more understanding. And it's, it's truly, it truly is inclusive at that point. Sure. And I'm not, and I don't want to belittle the people that are making this decision at the university as, as dumb or anything. I right. mean, their, their hearts are definitely in the right place. I just, you know. Yeah. There's just, there's got to be some sort of a limit to some of these things. Absolutely. Um, but I did see in like an episode of Lethal Weapon, I think it was, they had a, a party like that. It was like a rave or whatever, but it was like a silent rave where uh-huh. everybody was wearing headphones. So it was very quiet, but everybody was still partying and having yeah. fun. I thought, that's a brilliant idea. Yeah. That is absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on. We talked about that way yeah, too sorry. long. sorry. Next two. Uh, Iowa aims to keep young people from moving out of state with new The Stress Will Kill Your Mother retention campaign. Ad campaign. Or Canadian military okays beards as long as they're not hipster style. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the the real the real one. The real news story is the Iowa. Iowa aims to keep young people from moving out of state with new "the stress will kill your mother." Yeah. Ad campaign. Yeah. Nope, that's false. Darn. The real one, the Canadian military. The members of the Canadian military will be allowed to sport beards as long as they are not shaggy hipster beards, National Defense announced on last Wednesday. A new general order from the country's top military commander spells out the times and circumstances when facial hair will be permitted. The order includes specific grooming instructions. Beards must be neatly trimmed and shall not exceed two centimeters in bulk, and both the neck and cheekbones must be shaved. New policy eases restrictions that have been placed for years. Until now, beards were allowed only on a limited basis and solely at the discretion of the chief of defense staff. Uh, I, okay, so I got to say something. I yeah. think that the Robertsons are going to be so terribly offended that their full, long man beards are, are being, being hipster considered beard. hipster. But they totally are now. <laughs> that is what hipsters are wearing, those big, long beards. All right, last two. Raccoons bust into Toronto woman's home, stare her down while defiantly eating her bread. Or, new study finds Americans scoot over at least 10 miles per year. To, like, accommodate other people, scoot over. Oh, wow. I'm going to go with the scooting over. Nope. It was a night like any other when the raccoons made their move. Toronto resident Jenny Swerlo had enjoyed a quiet evening at home tuesday and had gone to bed when she started was startled awake by noises coming from her kitchen the culprit three raccoons had broken through her window screen the target her bread wow. leaping into action with a broom suerlo made enough of a commotion that two of the bandits decided that the goods weren't worth it but the third simply stared at her from behind her toaster oven defiantly gnawing on her english muffins <laughs> 
He was like, I'm eating here. Get out of here, she said. Eventually, Swirlo called 311, hoping the city would be able to give her some advice. They told her to try and find a 24-hour wildlife removal company. What? She could not get through to any. Swirlo's standoff lasted over half an hour, she said. I was growling at him and hissing at him, trying to scare him out, but he wasn't having any of it. Occasionally, he would even grab the broom handle she was pointing at him and yank it really hard, she said. Finally, after he had eaten literally all the bread in her house, the last holdout got up and calmly walked back through her window, which she quickly locked. That didn't stop the group from spending the next two hours scratching to get back in. Hopefully my locks hold, Swirlo said. The experience was hilarious, she said, if also a little scary. It was the most Toronto thing that has ever happened, she said. <laughs> now wow. she gets to clean up the mess of her kitchen. No small task, considering raccoon poop can carry infections that can cause serious illnesses, blindness, and, while rare, death. Lovely. And with that, it's Hip Hop Hump Day. <laughs> no, wait, wow. it's not. Is it Hip Hop Hump Day? It is it, Hip Hop Hump Day. It is. It's, it's, it's Wednesday. A hippity hop. So <laughs> we're going to sprinkle in a little more of the rap and hip hop music for you from yesterday and today. And when we come back, is eavesdropping a sin? Ooh. Stick around. It is Wednesday. We are glad you're with us here on Back Row Radio. <laughs> Our show today. Wednesday apparently means that Matt is a bit... I'm a bit loopy today. A bit Irish. A bit, a bit, a bit Irish. A bit Scottish. A bit, a bit Scottish. <laughs> There's a difference. I, there, there is a there's difference. <laughs> there is a big difference. There's Irish and there's Scottish. Yes. Uh, <laughs> our show today is brought to you by the ebook Easy Church Holiday Plays, written and compiled by Pastor Joshua Powell. Three Christmas plays and one Easter play designed to be the length of an average Sunday morning worship service at a church. They're all written with a small to medium-sized congregation in mind. They require about 15 performers, props that are either readily available or easy to make, and they can easily incorporate some musical talent from your congregation as well. It's a fantastic way to get your church involved in a project together this Christmas. Not just the kids, the whole church. Best of all, the cost of this ebook is just $4.99. $4.99. You're not going to find a better deal anywhere. Nope. Get it online at Barnes & Noble. Apple Bookstore, or Smashwords.com, or visit BackRowRadio.com. You'll find our link to Easy Church Holiday Plays. Also search for it on Facebook. Hey, Mo. Hey, Matt. I think it's time for five random facts. I think you're wrong. Oh. Well, then what time is it? It's time for five Oh, okay. Facts. Now it's time. I was, a min- I was okay. 10 seconds too early. Yeah, 10 seconds too early. Right. Okay. So, number one, the world's oldest tortoise is twice as old as Queen Elizabeth. Gracious. Yeah, sakes. right? Jonathan, a Sicilian 
giant tortoise. Seychelles? Seychelles? I don't know. Giant tortoise living on St. Helena in South in the South Atlantic is thought to be 183 years old. Good night. It's time. It's time to go on. Wait, how Jonathan. old is Queen Elizabeth? 182. <laughs> she's 182. <laughs> <laughs> no, it says twice as old as Queen Elizabeth. Oh, oh yeah, right, you're so right. So she's got to be 91 and a half? Yep. Wow. Fast math. Wow. Okay. 350 slices of pizza sell every second in America. Goodness. And That's then once I'm done and then once I'm done eating, <laughs> someone else can have some. That's twice as much as what sells in Italy every second. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. Okay. <laughs> that would have been quite the fact. <laughs> <laughs> if you bought $100 worth of Bitcoin this, in 20 in, yeah, this in 2010, makes me mad. you would have had <laughs> 75 million by May in 2017. That was when it was at the height, May 2017, where it just exploded out of nowhere. Bitcoin was garbage for nearly that entire time. And then in May 2017, it exploded in worth. So if you had a dollar of Bitcoin, you would have made $750,000. That's insane. Isn't that nuts? Why? Crap! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now, I mean, now it's gone back down, but not to zero, if, if I'm correct. But no. it's definitely not anywhere near as high as that. But one just it was like one day out of nowhere, cryptocurrency just went nuts, jumped like four thousand percent or something, just an insane leap on the stock market. And That's some people have made it out nicely. <clears throat> Man, I really wish I was one of them. Right? Man. Jeez. Okay, there Missed was a, opportunity. Right? For real. Although, in 2010, I had no idea what Bitcoin was. I'd never heard of it. Right, it was super sketch. No idea. Super sketch. And I would have had to wait seven years to see that pay off. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. There was only one plane allowed to take off after flights were grounded on September 11th, 2001. It was a plane carrying anti-venom to a man bitten by a highly venomous snake. That's nice that they still let the guy survive. Well, I'm assuming he survived. Doesn't really say, does it? No, it doesn't. Let's hope that he survived. But hey, you know, that just proves that our government can be reasoned with. Yeah. Agreed. All right. U.S. <laughs> citizens can request a copy of the file the FBI have on themselves by sending a letter. Ooh, that's scary. I say I do it. Would like, you do I'm, it? Yeah. Do it. Just it's to... free. It's just a letter, man. Cost you a stamp. But see, then see I wonder, the like, am says. I... See, I don't know. Because I don't care if they tap into my Alexa or into my <laughs> TVs or my computer camera. That doesn't bother me. But I don't want to be on their radar, necessarily. <laughs> I don't want to necessarily see what they're seeing. Do you know what I mean? Know what they know Because about I me. guarantee you that they have a list of everybody who's ever sent in a letter. And they're watching those people. <laughs> yeah. You know? That seems, like, seems like an easy way to raise suspicion. I'm also, serious. Also, for some weird reason, wants to see this file. Yeah. Keep eye on him. Uh-huh. Oh, gosh. Don't you think? Yeah. No, I completely agree with you now. <laughs> There's no way I'm going to be requesting my file. Yeah. Wow. 
Wow. I might That's encourage funny. some of my friends to do it, though, <laughs> so that I can see it. Right. I want to see how it works. Yeah. I just don't want to do it. Got to figure out which one of my friends is not quite smart <laughs> enough so that they'll fall for it. <laughs> uh, we got some artist updates. Comedian Bob Smiley said, remember when the internet first came out and they said it would speed up our lives? Anyone still believe that? <laughs> Take your time answering because I'm playing Clash Royale. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Carrie Roberts says that her daughter makes life more entertaining. She posted, I think one of my favorite things about being in an airport with my daughter is how she says, okay, 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 to every overhead announcement. <laughs> I love how she can make the mundane entertaining. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Okay, okay, The white zone is for loading and unloading only. Okay. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> if you see an undetended bag, please alert somebody. Okay. Don't let strangers hold your... Okay. <laughs> To a child, and I, obviously I don't know how old Carrie Roberts' daughter is, but to a child, that's probably what they're thinking. Like, I can see Elijah doing that, going, yeah. you guys going through an airport and this loud voice coming over, okay, <laughs> I won't. I heard you. <sighs> well, that reminds me of a Kevin James joke when he goes to the airport. I said, sir, uh, do you know what's in your bag? Oh, no. I wore a blindfold and I packed with my feet. <laughs> guessing hot dogs and socks. It's <laughs> my best guess. That's my best guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember uh, when like security became tightened after yeah. 9-11 and those questions were asked because I used to fly <laughs> annually to go to my dad's house. And so I was just a teenager, mm-hmm. you know, and I can remember the, that first time I'm like, why are they asking me these questions? <laughs> I do. I answer that. I don't understand how. <laughs> no, my mom packed my bag. I don't know what's in there. <laughs> ah. I learned quickly that I just say yes. Yep. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to talk about uh, something that uh, this is probably a segment we'll do every now and then called Is It a Sin? Uh, where we're going to take, take a topic, take a specific action that people have questions about. And do our best to talk it out and see what conclusions you and I can come up with. Okay. So today we're, we're talking about the question, is it a sin to spy or eavesdrop? Mm. And uh, we're taking that term from, you know, simply eavesdropping on a conversation that your friend's having all the way up to like professional spies for the government, stuff like that. Is it a sin to do anything in that spectrum? Oh my goodness. <clears throat> So, what are your initial thoughts before we have any discussion? No. That's my initial thought. That it's not no. at all a sin to no. eavesdrop? That it. Yep. <laughs> That's my thought. Is it because you do this a lot? Um, okay. So, here's my thought. Specifically with eavesdropping, okay? Uh-huh. If you are speaking loud enough in a public place to where if I sit back and I tone out everything else around me and listen to what you're saying and I can hear everything... That's your problem, not mine. Okay. Now, what if it's another situation like there's two people talking behind a closed door? It's obviously supposed to be a private conversation, but if you go and stand right up against the door, you can hear them. So you're deliberately making a point to actually eavesdrop. Then what? On what you know to be a private conversation. Okay, so if it's a... (laughs) If it's a private conversation, door is closed... Yeah, mind your business. <laughs> Stay out of it. However, 
when I worked. Yeah. Our file room butted up against my boss's office. Mm -hmm. And so whenever she went in there with a group of people and closed the door, you know where Megan was. (laughs) (laughs) In that file room listening. (laughs) I had to make sure I was not the topic of conversation. (laughs) I feel... I do feel like that there have been times as an adult when I've eavesdropped, and it's that's always been the case, is I want to make sure that they're not talking about me. Exactly. I don't really care what else they're talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to remember a single thing they're saying. Yeah. just want to make sure I didn't do something wrong, and they're about to fire me, uh-huh. or they're about For to real. get rid of me. For real. Something like that. Yeah. Yep. No, I get that. Um, I mean, technically, your motives are still selfish, but they're not in a malicious I'm, way I'm, yeah a malicious way like I, i'm looking for some gossip to spread yeah. or something like yep. that no it's a it's a survival <laughs> way, a survival mechanism i need to make sure okay am i doing something wrong and if i am look i'm gonna change it right now before you can even bring me into your office to say something about it did you ever aspire eavesdrop when you were a kid do you remember any instances like for instance um Deidre and i you know we have eli who's a four-year-old and we can't watch most of our shows around him, so we wait until he goes to bed. We put him to bed, then we watch our shows. Well, most nights, I say half the nights, he tries to sneak out mm-hmm. and he'll crawl up the hallway and sit right behind the couch where Daedra's sitting, and we can't see him until we he inevitably makes a noise, right? And we hear him and we put go put him back to bed. But I remember doing that too when I was a kid. I remember climbing out. I even had one of those. Uh, Gosh, do you remember those? It was like a tube that bent and it had a mirror down at the bottom and then a mirror at the top so you could peek through it and it would Oh went yeah. Up and like yeah. oh you could you could put it right over the, yep. the top of the couch there and yep. look and see what everybody's doing. Yep. As long as they didn't see you. I had one of those that I use all the time. Yeah, I guess that I did as a kid, but But that's just being mischievous. Yeah, and for, like, in the family that I grew up in, we played jokes on each other all the time. My mom's favorite holiday was and still is April Fool's Day. Um, So weird. I know, but she loves it. She lives for it. Uh, And so as kids, my brother and I lived for it. Yeah. But we also lived for, like, scaring the snot out of our mom, you know? And so we'd hide and wait for just the right time and then jump out and scare her. And I guess that in a sense, that could be considered spying, Yeah, you know? But again, we weren't doing it to be malicious. Right. Sort of. <laughs> All right, so let's, let's <laughs> talk about uh, espionage. Oh, gosh. Uh, legal stuff. What yeah. are you thinking about that? Like... Nations spying on other nations. Well, it's okay for America to spy on other nations. It is not okay for other nations to spy on us. Okay. That's that's That's, just. I mean, that makes sense to me. Yeah, that's the rule. (laughs) What about what about our nation spying on us through technology and stuff? Like you say, you have no problem with. Oh, I really don't. Right, but do you think it's ethical? No, I don't think that it's ethical. It obviously violates. privacy right to privacy yeah um i don't think that it's ethical for them to tap in or anyone to be able to tap into my computer's camera <laughs> i got a piece of tape over my camera see and it doesn't even, like <laughs> i see so many people they'll post like on instagram a picture of their computer or whatever and for the longest time i was like what is why do they have tape up there and it took me realizing oh yeah. 
they don't want to be spied on. And I'm of the mindset, go ahead, spy on me. What Look, you going to see? I saw a picture of Mark Zuckerberg. And his laptop hammer has a piece of tape over his camera, too. <laughs> I thought, look, if Mark is doing it, I'm doing it. Because he knows something I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's probably true. I mean, to be fair, that's probably true. Uh, At the same time, though, I also think that it would be really cool if anything were to ever happen to me one day and my kids to go Google my name and these pictures come up of me sitting at the computer just doing every very mundane you're thinking of the movie final cut with robin williams oh my gosh i don't know that movie okay so it's in this it's in the future where everybody who's born is implanted with a recording device in their brain that sees through their eyes okay and so when you die it records everything your entire life. Okay. And when you die, all that footage is sent to a guy like Robin Williams plays. And his his job is to piece together a montage of the best parts of your life for your funeral to play. That would be so cool. Right. But then it got dark real quick. Oh, I bet. <laughs> well, when you think because about... Because yeah. you're cutting out all the awful things that the people did. And just keeping the good things. And you're thinking blackmail junk and all kinds of... It just... It got so scary. I'm going to have to watch that. It's a good movie, though. Yeah, definitely watch. It's, it wasn't it wasn't a big hit. Um, I don't even know if it ever went to theaters. I just don't remember it ever being in theaters. But, I've, but uh, I like it. I need to watch it again, too. Well, we just recently watched the newest purge and okay seriously I watched it too. <laughs> and they have those contacts that yes, they put in and it records look creepy yeah well it makes them look creepy but yeah. it records everything and chris and i were both like that'd be so cool yeah that'd be to like, have a whole record of yeah event. yeah that would be neat i'm i'm all for that for a uh, voluntary situation yeah if i would like to put these in to record something myself right but not a i have no choice in the matter situation yeah um but, uh, yeah, I liked it. It was an okay movie for a prequel. Yeah. It was the worst Purge, in my opinion. It was the worst one? Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was the worst one. It was not scary. It was not thriller. It was just, and you saw everything happening before it happened. You knew True. it was coming. Yeah, it, you was, were just, it was kind of predictable. Yeah. You Have just, you started watching the show version? No, but I've semi, heard that it's semi toned down, but it's it's already I think it's only four episodes in, but it's already like exploring a lot of the questions that people have about how things would work. Yeah. That you know the movies ever can't ever really delve into. Yeah. Um, like they have they have people that go around that help like like nurses almost that go around and help and it's an unrated rule that they're protected. Ah. Uh, it's not a legal thing. The government doesn't sanction it that they're protected, but everybody just kind of lets them be protected and doesn't mess with them. And I thought that's really neat. Yeah. But it's a very, very intriguing. Uh, I mean, obviously, the violence is toned down because it's a TV show version. Right. Um, but I like it a lot. Yeah. Uh, I, none of us are <laughs> encouraging you to watch The Purge. <laughs> Because those are really messed up movies. They are. But it's October. It's the month of <laughs> scary movies in our house. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, Anyway. I do think. So have you heard the latest about the Russians tapping into the Olympians? Um, 
medical files. No. Yeah. So this is the new, like, the latest news story or whatever. I heard it this past week. But, you know, we found that the Russians were using steroids with their Olympians. And so they were not allowed to attend the last Olympics. Mm. So because of this, as a revenge thing, one of their people went in, stole two over 200. I want to say it was like 245 um, medical files, a lot of which being um, Olympians. Yeah. They're like Serena and Venus, um, Simone Biles. They're all some of the ones that were that were hit and targeted. And then they were altered to show that they had been using steroids. Yeah. Wow. Yep. The latest one I've heard is that there have been several iPhones and other electronics that are made in China mm-hmm. that have been found to have a tiny little chip in them that China itself has implanted to record certain things, certain people. I don't know the whole story, but it's something like that. It showed a little finger with a tiny little chip on it. Is there a way that you can open up your iPhone to see if you have this chip? <laughs> Specifically not. An iPhone, no. Oh, <laughs> they don't man. want you to be able to work on your iPhone. <laughs> well, gosh. Yeah. Huh. So just scary stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, it does have that feeling of like, well, it's right when America does it. Exactly. But when these other people are doing it, obviously they're in the wrong. Exactly. <laughs> yep. It's right when I'm doing it. But when someone else is eavesdropping on me in my conversation, then no, right. that's that's wrong. So as we uh, as we talk about this, of course, we're talking about the nationwide thing. God instructed Moses and Gideon to send spies in the enemy territory. Yeah. Joshua also sent spies. Uh, though it's not clear that it was at God's direction, but it clearly wasn't punished. So I'm assuming God was okay with it. So I guess what it comes down to is motives, no matter what the scale is. If your motives are being nosy and and leading to gossip and selfish and malicious, probably sinful. But if your motives are more altruistic, as we want to believe like national spying our nation would be to protect us not to get dirt on other nations but you know maybe there's a gray area there i yeah. guess because the bible's not clear with where the line is when it comes to national spying yeah um but i, I mean, don't like gray areas matt i know but that's what usually, whenever there's a question of is this a sin that's usually why that the question exists because it's, it's a gray area it's true um, but what is not a gray area, what is black and white, is if you are eavesdropping just to be nosy and to gossip, that's absolutely a sin. Right. So don't be nosy. Malice even, is... even, even if you're doing it to see if you're going to protect your own self, like we were talking about, there's still some selfishness behind that. Sure. So, yeah. I mean, it's kind of skew in the sinful behavior. But, uh... Your motives are a little better, at least, because they're more focused on trying to protect yourself than hurt somebody Ruin else. someone else's yeah. life, yeah. But still, Ugh. it's it's probably not the best idea. Definitely not very nice to, uh, to, 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 what's the word I'm looking eavesdrop? for? Eavesdrop? I guess. I was trying to find a different word. But yeah, to eavesdrop on other people's conversations that you know you're not a part of. 
But if you're at a, in. But if you're at a party, all conversations up for grabs unless they're behind closed doors. Truthfully. You just walk right up. Even if you don't know what they're talking about. You have permission to stand right You know, there. I don't even feel like it's just <laughs> limited to a party. Yeah. If somebody's talking at church after service Sunday morning, and right. they're in the middle of the this, sanctuary. Right. If this was supposed to be private, go to a classroom or right. something. Yeah. Right. If you're in a public area and you're having a private conversation, <laughs> your conversation is no longer private. That's like I'm when free we to walk right up and go, hey, I'm late. Can you start this conversation over? Right. That's I like, know okay, how you so started. Our family rule when we play a card game, Uno or whatever, Rook. Rook. Oh. You hold, oh, it's Chris's favorite card game. I hate it. You <laughs> hold your cards out far enough for the person beside you to see, that's your fault. <laughs> uh, Look, you, if you're just throwing your information out there because you're not being careful enough, that ain't my problem. Exactly. Exactly. Problem, yeah. I will turn and look. <laughs> you got the rug noted. Well, that's that's where we'll end with that discussion. You can come to your own conclusions too, and let us know what you think. Uh, t- tweet us at Back Row Radio or Back Row Baptist, and uh, we'd we'll, like to know what you think. I understand it's, if none of my friends ever want to play a card game with me again. Mo's ruthless, and she don't care. She just don't care about it. It's Hip Hop Hump Day, y'all. That means we're sprinkling in a little more of the rap and hip hop this morning. Uh, when we come back, accidental inventions that change the world. Stick around. show it's the top of the third hour here on your wednesday and we are glad to have you here with us our mm-hmm. show today is brought to you by the ebook easy church holiday plays written and compiled by joshua powell this book is packed with four church plays that run 30 to 45 minutes if you've tried to buy even like one play from a bigger company just one book and the rights to perform it is going to cost you about 50 dollars plus you aren't allowed to photocopy them for your actors but with this ebook, you are getting four amazing holiday plays for just $4.99. That's like a buck twenty-five a play. Yeah. Plus, when you purchase the book, you're also gonna be able to request a free PDF version so you can print as many script copies as you need for your actors. No extra charge. It's a deal you just can't beat. Get it online today at Barnes and Noble, Apple Bookstore, or Smashwords.com. Or you can visit backrowradio.com. And you can find our link to Easy Church Holiday Plays. Also search for it on Facebook. Awesome sauce. Here's the news. This community is setting a new standard for what it means to love thy neighbor. Neighbor. I put a V in there instead of B. (laughs) Every night for the past 10 years, the men of Sandy, Utah, 
have taken turns making sure that Kathy Felt gets to bed safely and comfortably. Since Felt has multiple sclerosis, she slowly lost control of her motor functions, and as her disease progressed, she lost the ability to get out of bed in the morning, and it seemed as if she would have to be checked into a nursing home. But Keith Pugmire was not willing to let his neighbors be his neighbor be forced out of her home due to her disease. So he recruited the help of 60 men in the neighborhood to volunteer their assistance. That's awesome. Isn't that fantastic? Yeah, that's really cool. Really cool story. A Florida woman who ordered a set of Dr. Seuss books for her granddaughter said the package finally arrived 20 years later. Vera Walker of Orlando said her granddaughter was only four years old when she ordered the set of books in 1998. She was an adult with a five-year-old son of her own by the time the package arrived at Walker's home. Wow. The post office explained to Walker that the box had been found stuck inside of an old mailbox. Isn't that crazy? Wow. And then I just delivered it. Uh, Seattle judges have unanimously unanimously voted (laughs) to vacate 15 years worth of marijuana-related convictions. The ruling, which was proposed in February, will deliver a clean slate to city residents who were convicted of possession charges between 1996 and 2012, the year that recreational marijuana was legalized in Seattle or in Washington. Uh, we've come a long way, and I hope this action inspires other jurisdictions to follow suit, said Seattle City Attorney Pete Holmes. 542 people have criminal records for holding something that we can buy in retail storefronts today. So in two short months, thanks to our Seattle Municipal Court judges, those convictions will be history. Hmm. I think that's fantastic. I do, too. And I'm just going to put that out there. I think that the war on drugs situation that we've had has caused far too many people uh specifically at least with marijuana Mm -hmm. far too many people to have these disastrous criminal records be put in jail for years for something that really isn't giant deal compared to so many other drugs out there yeah um to have them their entire lives basically ruined because of one time they had marijuana on them. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's just way too overkill. I would hope that there are like, you know, stipulations and, and guidelines as to what cases are going to be thrown out and which ones are not. You know, sure. for I'm someone s- who is carrying more than what is considered a legal limit or for a um, re- repetitive. Right. I'm assuming I'm assuming that people that were dis- distributing drugs, yeah, um, would be a different case, right? Than just people who held, you know, had some on them, right? Um, if it's a distribute, it's a if it's a distribution case, that's something that you're impacting other people, yeah. But if it's you just holding it, that's just impacting you, right? And to have your whole life ruined because of that, I think is just too far. Yeah. Um, so I think it's great that this has happened. I hope that happens. I hope it happens nationwide, even though marijuana is not a, a nationwide legal thing. I just feel like there are just some people that deserve a second chance, mm-hmm. another chance. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a great step towards that. Sure. Absolutely. <clears throat> All right. 
12 accidental inventions, Mo, that have changed the world. Okey-dokey. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Saccharin. Okay. You know it as the pink packet of fake sugar that's always sitting on the restaurant table. As sweet as it is, you may be surprised to know where it came from. In 1879, Konstantin Hallberg, a chemist trying to find alternative uses for coal tar, came home for dinner after a long day of work and noticed that his wife's biscuits tasted a lot sweeter than usual. After asking her about it, he realized he hadn't washed his hands after work and the coal tar remnants had sweetened the biscuit. Huh. So saccharin. Is coal tar. <laughs> I'm not certain how I feel about that. <laughs> Potato chips. Uh, and I knew this story before. Uh, in 1853, George Crumb, a chef, a chef, a chef, a chef, a chef in New York, <laughs> accidentally invented potato chips when an annoying patron kept sending his French fried potatoes back to the kitchen because they were soggy. In an attempt to teach the customer a lesson, Crumb sliced them extra thin fried them to a crisp, and drowned them in salt. To his surprise, however, the complaining customer actually liked what would become the very first serving of potato chips. Wow. Isn't that fantastic? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. <laughs> Although these days it's almost common knowledge, this list wouldn't be complete without Civil War veteran turned pharmacist John Pemberton and what he originally intended as nothing more than a medication for several ailments, such as opiate addiction and upset stomach instead he invented one of the world's most popular drinks this is also why the original coke actually did include cocaine on its list of ingredients that makes sense though yeah well i mean dr pepper was also the same thing yeah it was it was a medicinal thing and then it became a a hit and uh people drank it warm with butter at 10 2 and 4 put it in a skillet with some butter and then you drink that. That's have you disgusting. Never ha- have you never had it? No. You should try it. It's great. Aren't you the one that put a whole stick of butter in a coffee one time? Not a whole stick of butter. <laughs> is that what you do? Oh, Fat back coffee isn't that it's what you drink? It's called bulletproof, bulletproof coffee. coffee. <laughs> and you just do a teaspoon. You don't do I a stick. Like I feel like that's how much you put in. Oh, it was Megan Kelly that put like half a stick of butter in something. Some drink of hers. When she was on the keto diet, because she was behind on her fats for the day, and she was trying to get them in. I'm pretty sure it was Megan Kelly. That's gross. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She said it was awful. She would never do it again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Teflon. If you've ever cooked an omelet, you can thank Roy Plunkett, a chemist who worked for DuPont in the early 20th century for accidentally stumbling across a non-reactive, no-stick chemical while experimenting with refrigerants. Hmm. DuPont quickly patented it, and today we know it as Teflon, the coating on your pan that keeps your eggs from sticking. That's cool. Vulcanized rubber. I love that word, vulcanized. It sounds very science fiction-y. It does. Vulcan. Yeah. Uh, Charles Goodyear has spent ages trying to find a way to make rubber resistance to heat and cold, and after a number of failed attempts, he finally stumbled across a mixture that worked. Before turning out the lights one evening, he accidentally spilled some rubber, sulfur, and lead onto a stove, resulting in a mixture that charred and hardened, but could still be used in shoes and tires. Huh. And that's why we have our tires today. Very cool. Plastic. In the early 1900s, shellac was the material of choice when it came 
to insulation, but due to the fact that it was made from Southeast Asian beetles, the material was not cheap to import. So for this reason, chemist Leo Hendrick Bakiland, 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 Leo Hendrick Bakiland thought he might be able to make some money by producing an alternative. What he came up with, however, was a moldable material that could be heated to extremely high temperatures without being distorted, hmm. also known as plastic. Radioactivity. In 1896, physicist Henry Beck. These people need to have normal names. Right. right? So why, why couldn't it just be Bickwell. John Smith? Bickwell. Bickwell. Bickwell was trying to get fluorescent materials to produce x-rays by leaving them in the sun. His experiment, however, suffered a week of cloudy, overcast skies. After leaving all of his materials in a drawer, he returned one week later to find that the uranium rock he had left there had managed to imprint its image on a nearby photographic plate without any exposure to light. So he discovered radioactivity. Hmm. The color mauve. Mauve. M-A-U-V-E. Mauve. Strangely enough, it was while 18-year-old chemist William Perkin was busy researching a cure for malaria that he accidentally ended up changing the fashion world forever. The year was 1856, and one of his experiments ended up going terribly wrong, creating what seemed to be nothing more than a murky mess. As he examined it, however, William noticed a beautiful color radiating from the Petri dish. Thus, it became the world's first synthetic dye and introduced the world to the color mauve. Interesting. Mm -hmm. The pacemaker. Wilson Greatbatch was working on a contraption that would record human heartbeats while he accidentally inserted the wrong resistor. (laughs) It ended up perfectly mimicking the heart's rhythm and created the first implantable pacemaker. Hmm. Post-it notes. In 1968, Spencer Silver, a chemist working for 3M, stumbled across a low-tack adhesive that he found was just strong enough to hold paper to a surface, but weak enough that it wouldn't tear upon removal. After many failed attempts at finding a marketable application, one of Silver's colleagues, Art Fry, realized that it would be perfect as a no-slip bookmark. And that was the post-it notes beginnings. Huh. So it wasn't even as a note. It was as a bookmark. As a bookmark. All right, two more. Popsicles. In 1905, soda pop had just become the most popular drink on the market. 11-year-old Frank Epperson decided he wanted to save money by making his own at home. Using a combination of powder and water, he got pretty close, but then absentmindedly left the concoction on his porch all night. Temperatures ended up dropping to below freezing, and when he came out in the morning, he found his mixture frozen frozen, with the stirring (laughs) stick still stuck in it. Wow. First popsicle. That's why it's called a pop sickle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I learned that when I was in elementary school, but it wasn't from school. It was from Nickelodeon. They did little... Stick stickly? I don't think it was stick stickly, but I do remember they did little cartoon things that came on during breaks between shows Mm -hmm. that just taught you... Taught you a little history about fun things. And Who then it says had you a, can't learn anything from watching TV? And then it had a little activity at the end where you can make yours at home too. Get a get an ice cube tray, fill it with orange soda, then put some saran wrap over the top and take a toothpick and pop it in each one of the holes. Hmm. Tomorrow morning, you'll have a treat. <laughs> it was great. And I did it. And it was fantastic. All right. 
Awesome. Ice cream cones. <laughs> Have you heard the ice cream cone story before? No. I've heard this one, but this is fantastic. Although ice cream has been served on dishes for years, it wasn't until the 1904 World's Fair that the ice cream cone was born. An ice cream stall at the fair was doing so well that they were quickly running out of plates while the neighboring Parisian waffle stall was hardly selling anything. The two stall owners then had the idea of rolling up the waffles, plopping the ice cream on top, and Viola, the ice cream cone, was born. And that's why waffle cones are such a popular thing, even though they're not technically waffles. But that's why we still gravitate toward a waffle cone. That's really cool. Yeah. You know that that's voila, right? What did I say? Viola. Did I say viola? I did say viola. (laughs) (laughs) My brain moved the I and the O and viola. And viola. (laughs) I thought you were joking. That's an instrument, right? (laughs) Yeah. Viola. Oh, what would I do without you here to point out my idiocy? Hey, you know, I just just wanted to make sure you were aware. That's all. Well, there we go. Viola, 12 (laughs) accidental (laughs) inventions that have changed our world, mostly for the better. Uh, I think there's there's a give and take with radioactivity, but, you know, you know, the rest pretty good. Pretty, 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 pretty good. I've, you know what I've learned from this segment, though? Tell me. I will never be an inventor because I am not this persistent. Like, with almost all of them, it was so-and-so was trying to figure out. (laughs) After working on this for years, (laughs) he dumbly stumbled upon it. But didn't even complete what they originally tried to set out to do but just somehow came up with this instead (laughs) this amazing thing that we all love (laughs) i will never be an inventor i have all these great ideas but i am just not that persistent speaking of great ideas because we have a couple minutes yeah what i have (laughs) right Uh, i've got uh i've got a new game we're gonna be making i thought i was done making them but then michael p mordanga of sunday school answers fame hit me up and said, hey, there's this other game out there that has inspired me to make this game. And, you know, I had seen this other game out there too and thought, man, that would be great to have some sort of Christian version of that game, but I don't know how we do it. And okay. he had the great idea. Yeah. And so he's going to write some stuff. I'm going to write some stuff and we're going to put it together. It'll be really easy to make a card game that we'll try and make over the next few months. Okay. So I have one and I'll t- talk to you about it during the commercial. Okay. But hey, yeah, look for that, guys. We're going to have some new new stuff. I thought we were done with BR Games. Honestly, I thought we were, but... We ain't done. We got more. We got more coming. We ain't never done. <laughs> it's Hip Hop Hump Day, y'all. We've got some more, more of the rap and hip hop that you love from yesterday and today. Just a little bit more of it Just this morning. Bit. Just a little bit more <laughs> uh, than typical. Uh, stick around. We'll be back in a little while, and we'll close out our show.
Back Row Morning Show as we close out the show for the day. Let's give you the Bible verse and thought for the day. Bible verse for the day is Proverbs 19, 20 through 21. Listen to advice and accept discipline. And at the end, you will be counted among the wise. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Our thought for the day comes from John Piper. Don't just read the Bible. The, de- the devil knows the Bible by heart. He used it against Jesus. Rather, linger in God's word, love the truth, and plead with him to open the eyes of your heart. Thank you for joining us this morning. We're here every morning. Well, not every morning, but Monday through Thursday we're here. <laughs> Starting at 7 a.m. Eastern, 4 a.m. Pacific, with an encore presentation at 10 a.m. Eastern and 7 a.m. Pacific. If you ever miss one of our shows, you can find all of the chatty bits mashed up together into a podcast for you over on BackRowRadio.com or anywhere you get your podcasts. Thank you for today's sponsor, the ebook Easy Church Holiday Plays by Joshua Powell. Mo, what's our final word? I am sleepy. <laughs> That's it for today's show. If you need us, we'll be in the back. Bye.